Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. I just made my coffee and I'm ready to talk about some wrestling. And for this week, I there wasn't much really to watch, but that gave me the opportunity to go back and watch a show that I I had on my queue. It was just an, it just wasn't like up there in the priorities, and so I let it pass. And now that I had the chance to go back to it, I was so glad that I I got to. And that show is the Gayaism Decade of a Quarter Century. This was a show that uh, Sendai Girls and Marvelous kind of put together uh, thanks to Chigusa Nagayo to pretty much revive the AAAW championships uh, that used to be contested in Gaia Japan. And so that's how this show came about. This show, um, just to go back, it took place on the 13th uh, June, so definitely like I, sh- I, I would have talked about this last week if I had seen it, but last week it really just kind of went with a blur once I watched Stardom, and so like I, I didn't really think about getting anything else in, and this week uh, I don't know like I saw the calendar and it wasn't just like super interesting a lot of things. And so this one came up. And so, yes, this took place on the 13th, uh, just a couple of, of days ago now, uh, in the Ota City General Gymnasium in Tokyo, Japan. This show actually gathered uh, 1,500 people, which is pretty decent for for both Sendai and Marvelous. Uh, and for, I mean, technically a promotion that's dead. They, Gaia Japan closed their... They had their last show in 2015. 2005 actually um that's that's the show where they decided to close it down and so like i like i said this show came about because i think um i think the idea was chigusa nagayos the crush gal and she wanted to pretty much revive the triple aw both the singles and the tag team championships and so what came about is that Meiko Satomura, uh, along with Chinsei Chinsaki, they own Sendai Girls. Uh, Chigusa Nagayo works with Marvelous. Marvelous doesn't have championships, and so I think the idea was kind of like, okay, so let's put these two promotions to fight for the ownership and the rights to use uh, the AAA, the AAA W championships, and that's how this show came about. So this was in a sense like a Marvelous versus Sendai Girls show. It was a six match card, um, arguably good for the most part. It was just one particular match that I just didn't care about. Uh, and we'll go into it. And it ended with a fantastic, fantastic main event uh, that it really should have gotten way more press if not for Hayashi Shita and and Siuri like breaking records and stuff like that you know but let's go from the top the first match was 
I mean, pretty much your rookies match. Uh, Maria, Mei Hoshizuki, and Mikoto Shindo the, uh, representing Marvelous. And then on the Sendai group, they had Kanon, Manami, and Yurikaoka. So the here the Marvelous team defeated the Sendai team. The, the, sh the match was really about getting Hoshizuki over. And the most work she did was against Yurika uh, Oka. The rest, they, they looked okay, but it was nothing special. Now you can tell it was the rookies. But the reason that Hoshizuki got so much uh, like the wrestling time is because she would eventually go on and move into the main event. Uh, we had a the only men's match of the night, Sima from Gleet and Stronghearts defeated Leo Isaka. Uh, Leo Isaka is a Chigusa Nagayo trainee. I think he's only like four years into the business. He's pretty young, 22. Um, he does wrestle for Marvelous. But uh, I don't know, like I really didn't care much about this match at all. Um, I, I just wasn't impressed by Isaka. And and Sima, like, he looked good, but, I mean, you can tell that he's just going through the motions pretty much. The, this, I kind of made the reference that it felt like when you go to your local indie promotion and assuming you're, that your local indie promotion is a small promotion, uh, but you go to the, the promotion and you have, like, the traveling, well-established former TV uh, wrestler and they come and wrestle your indie hometown hero and they put him over uh like they lose a match at the end but they they give him the best they can so they can have a good match and that what this felt this is what this felt uh sima just giving leo isaka a good match but nothing beyond that uh so yeah like i i just wasn't really impressed by isaka we had a comedy match with Sakura Hirota defeating the great Sasuke, the great Sasuke. Um, Sakura Hirota is a old-timer. She's from the original Gaia Girls, uh, Gaia Japan. Uh, she is a comedy act nowadays. She is known for impersonating gimmicks of other wrestlers. Uh, we, we saw her last, or I mean in this podcast, we talked about her last in the Hanaki Muda Memorial Show because she was the one that came out dressed as Hana for the Battle Royal. And so that's kind of like her gimmick. You know, she's a comedy wrestler now. Um, and so here she she came out as Akira Hokuto. I think it was Akira Hokuto. She had the face paint. She had the entrance gear. She had the look. But for some reason, she kept referencing... Uh, like something called Regina Triple H. I have n I ha I didn't really get that joke or, or where it came from, but uh, like the the whole attire, she was definitely Akira Hokuto. She also kept referencing Mima Shimoda, and I don't know if she was like, if that was part of the joke that she thought she was Mima Shimoda, but she was actually Akira Hokuto. I don't know. I, I wasn't really sure. Um, but yeah, she she the the match was complete comedy. Like it was complete comedy to the point that I, that the great Sasuke started like air bending and attacking Hirota by throwing waves of air, and like that level of comedy, 
uh like the the finish itself was i i don't know what this movie is called i don't even know if it has a name but she pretty much uh did the naruto finger poke into the asshole move um and yeah that, that was the finish that, that led to the pin so i it was a really different comedy match it wasn't your typical like um I don't know, like Antonio Honda or wasn't uh, even Kikutaro, that type of stuff. It was just like a a really, I don't know. It was fun. It was it felt like comedy for adults, <laughs> without actually like going raunchy or anything like that. So I, I enjoyed this match. It was it was really fun. But as a match, as a wrestling match, yeah, like th there wasn't barely any wrestling here at all. Um, but still quite enjoyable. Uh, then we have a hardcore match. This went 20 minutes and it was like, it was actually really, really good. I really liked it. And and that says something because for the last year or so, I've said that I don't like weapon matches, uh, especially under a pandemic where people cannot uh, openly uh, react to the spots. But in this particular case, I really liked it. Uh, they did some kind of innovative things like there was they they had a, a bag of megaphones and they pretty much did a thumbtack thumbstack thumbstack uh spot with the megaphones uh with hibiki slamming chisako over the phones and then uh they had ladders they had a bunch of chairs they 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 actually built a chair wall in the middle of the ring and then Hibiki crashed through it um, what else did they had yeah it's just a bunch of weapons uh, but even if they're not like super unique weapons they the the way they use them felt unique it felt like real um, the combination of wrestlers was great because that Shisako is small but with a lot of fire and Hibiki she's not like super proficient or anything but she's uh she's a big woman uh she she t i mean next to chisako she was towering over her and so because of that it, it gave us like a, a good story of chisako just fighting with everything she had and hibiki while not being like incredibly good uh she has the power to just take damage and take damage and take damage and keep coming back and it was similar to some other matches that uh, we tend to see with big uh like the david and goliath idea right where the big guy may not get many shots in because the smaller guy just keeps like running around them but when the big guy gets you it hurts and that was pretty much similar to here but at the end chisako did win uh she won with a beautiful uh frog splash from a ladder um and yeah so I, I i don't know like i really enjoyed like when it started i was like oh man weapons match it's slow the crowd was not really reacting but like after 10 minutes or so like through like halfway through the match it got really good the crowd got into it i got into it and so good for them next up we had the nostalgia match this was this was fantastic. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I love this. This was Chikayo Nagashima, Meiko Satomura, and Toshiwe Matsu 
defeating the team of Chigusa Nagayo, Kaoru, and Sakura Hirota again coming out. And this was just great. It was exactly what a nostalgia match should be. Uh, you started with, like in this one, Sakura Hira Hirota came out cosplaying herself, but herself when she debuted. So she had the the 80s singlet. Uh, I don't know if it was 80s, maybe it could still be 90s, but she had like the old school, like Joshi singlet. And she was like, just acting respectful versus like to anyone, to the crowd. She was trying to like uh, shake everyone's hand and just being like super energetic, you know, like super old school Joshi. And um, and so the first couple of minutes, it was a lot of comedy with Hirota, comedy with Chigusa Nagayo, just, uh, you know, being an, an older woman now uh, and some stuff like that. But once they got into the wrestling, Oh my god, this was fantastic. Like Toshi Uematsu and Kaoru, like they looked fantastic. They were doing moonsaults. Like they, they physically look like healthy and like in perfect shape. Uh Chikayo Nagashima, like she you could tell that she was older, but she was still like resting fantastically. Like Meiko Satomura is I mean she hasn't aged a single bit. I don't know if I, I'm guessing she may be like the youngest of the six, uh, because th like I don't think any of these women are under forty. Uh, some of them are already in their fifties, and they're still doing moonsaults. Uh, so I do think that Meiko Satomura may be the youngest one, because in Gaia Japan she won the title considerably young. Uh, but yeah, it was just like great wrestling all around. Shigusa Nagayo like. Given her limitations, she she played her part perfectly and she looked really good. Like I, I get the idea, like the impression that she was like, guy who doesn't have many matches a year nowadays. But like when she does, she like she goes all out. And in this case, she did. Uh, like you could tell, like this match meant a lot to all of them. Uh, there was many spots where you could see that Kaoru was just having the time of her life. Like she was having a night out with the gals. Because uh, she was just like smiling at everything. Like there's a spot where Hirota goes for a dive, and I think uh, either Satomura or Nagashima like fake her out, and so uh, Hirota goes straight to Nagayo and Kaoru, and when they fall, uh, you can see that Kaoru is just like incredibly happy. Like she's just laughing. Like oh fuck, this was great, and so I really enjoyed it. And and I thought the the match itself like it was perfectly paced. It was comedy and then a bunch of action and then go into the finish with a little bit more comedy uh, just to like leave you with a, a nice sense of, you know, of happiness and relief. And it was Meiko Satomura getting the win over Hirota. And so I don't know, like I enjoyed it. It was so fun. Uh, it was like, I don't know if Satomura is going to still be doing stuff in Japan because I think she said she was going to like completely move to the UK. So if this was the last match that I ever see of her, like I, I cannot complain. This was fun. But now we go into the main event, and that was the whole reason for this show, and that was like the the big thing about this show, and that was the the thing that I saw maybe a couple of people talk about because this match was incredible. Uh, this was a just just pace yourself. This was a all rights elimination six person tag team match so it's three and three elimination style and by all rights i mean that winner takes all 
And what's in the purse? Well, let me tell you. The vacant AAAW Championship, the vacant AAAW Tag Team Championships, the Sendai Girls World Championship held by Shihiro Hashimoto, the Sendai Girls Tag Team Championships held by Shihiro Hashimoto and you, but you was not in the match. I actually don't even know what's happening to you. Uh, so we have six titles on the line. They half of them become to Sendai, belong to Sendai. Half of them are vacant. Marvelous is not is not a promotion with championships, and so they were not able to put t championships on the line. Like the only championship that you may think that Marvelous has is uh, Rinka Lukura's title because she Rinka Lukura is a Marvelous girl, but the title is actually from Wave, and so that couldn't be put on the line. And so yeah, so six championships, um, winner takes all. The I don't think like Hashimoto and and Dashisako and Mika Iwata, who was the team representing Sendai Girls, just because they won doesn't mean they actually become the champions. They just won the rights to take the championships to the promotion. I still think that Sendai Girls is going to have to address how to crown. Uh, in my opinion, I think Hashimoto should keep the uh, the AAAW championship. But I understand also that, uh, like to me, like Chisako and Iwata technically lost. They got pinned. And so I wouldn't necessarily want to put the tag team championships on them. But um, yeah, so like that's how that's how it went. They, they just win the right to the championships. Uh, Shihiro Hashimoto does defend her championship. She does retain her Sendai Girls World Championship. So the match itself is Sendai Girls, Shihiro Hashimoto, Dashisako, and Mika Iwata defeating the team of Marvelous, Mei Hoshizuki, Mio Momono, and Rin Kalokura. Um, and this was great. Like the match itself, it started really strong. Uh, the match went 25 minutes total, but... Uh, like half of it was just getting rid of like the first one who who got pinned was Mika Iwata like around the six point six minute point by Rin Kalokura. Uh, Mei Hoshizuki went out next by Dash Chisako and then quickly after Miyamono defeated Chisako. And to me, that's where the match really, really got strong when it came down to Momono, Hashimoto and Rin Kalokura. And that's because Momono is fantastic. She is just, I don't know, like, it's its hard to describe it because what, what I love about Mio Momono is that her ability to sell desperation and it, you don't, you're not going to see it as often and especially like in the U.S. because they don't really ever do matches where desperation becomes a thing it's really weird to see that and even if they do the acting is not that good but like you may like for instance you could probably see it sometimes with Mayu Watani matches uh like especially where, when she fought Joshiko like she showed desperation to win uh maybe with Tam Nakano for instance we saw it with Natsupoi going against Tam Nakano for instance and so it's not a, a, an often thing that we see. 
And Mio Momono, I think, is the best seller of such uh, ability because I don't know the the way she she acts. She's super high speed. The she screams out of desperation, and like you can hear the screams. They're not like your usual like ah, like she's screaming out of desperation because she wants the monster she's facing to finally submit or to tap out because she's desperate to win the match because she probably knows that if things go longer, the monster is going to win. And so there's this beautiful desperation in Momono and, and you can see it in, in, like I said, like her voice, her actions, uh, just the way she's uh, reacting to everything. On the other side, you have Shihiro Hashimoto, who just like, I, I want to, I, never seen her live and I would imagine that she's not uh like a Ajakon size monster but because you because she is wrestling a lot of Japanese women that are not going to be much bigger than her she looks like a monster Goliath um of a woman she was towering over pretty much everyone in this match like Rinka Lukura is tall and Iwata is tall-ish but Chihiro Hashimoto still like makes them look smaller and so you have this perfect combination of a small high-speed demon perfect like selling Mio Momono versus a monster Goliath of a woman Chihiro Hashimoto and it just like created some fantastic fantastic magic um uh, like the, the the they work together quite nicely because it's it's the same story it's like momono like all over the place just trying to bring hashimoto down and she manages it and she gets like close to a near falls by submissions like stuff like that but she can't finish it and as soon as hashimoto gets a hold of her blam she takes her down she destroys her and that is like such a great story to tell with uh, the, the big person versus the small person and so it really just came down to them too um there was a small like one minute segment where kalokura and momono double team hashimoto but they couldn't get her like they couldn't defeat her and hashimoto recovered she took out kalokura first and then when like almost 10 minutes uh between monmono and hashimoto and eventually hashimoto won with a incredibly sick german that if you haven't seen the gif already i i'm i, I don't want to like spoil it that much but go watch this match tr as, as unspoiled as you can and watch the finish and holy shit like it made me jump out of my seat screaming it was crazy. It was scary, but also like just amazing. Uh, and yeah, and at the, after the match, we saw Takumi Iroha, who had been injured for a while. She announced that she's coming back next month and she's going to chase Hashimoto. And that that is a fantastic feud on the Sendai Girls side. And that was it. That was a show. It was like it was a short show uh, and it really was arguably a one match show like the final the main event but the rest of the card i thought it was really fun whether it was comedy hardcore nostalgia uh everything was really ex really like 
it was exciting and entertaining and fun. And so I, I, I'm really glad that I got to go back and watch this show. It was so close to just uh, being forgotten like many other shows that I have on my queue that as a week goes on, like you keep adding things to your queue and like I think we're lucky right now that uh, we're not in tournament season because if it had been tournament season, this show probably would have just gotten lost in the shuffle and it didn't. So I'm really happy that I got to see it. Uh, I don't know what this is going to mean for Marvelous, for Sendai Girls, or for Gaia Japan. Uh, I don't think Gaia Japan is going to come back. Maybe they'll do another show like this, like Gaism, again later down the road. Because I, I think it, it, it ended up being a pretty decent uh, uh, business endeavor. Uh, I mean, 1,500 people, it's pretty decent. Uh, so, I don't know. But... For now, Sendai Girls does have the titles. I would imagine that we're going to see those titles contested between Marvelous, Sendai Girls, maybe Wave, maybe Pure J, and just become kind of like a maybe similar to a like NWA title type of thing where it can go to several promotions, especially because I don't think that the feud between Momono and Hashimoto is going to end there. Like, I would imagine seeing, like, I have to imagine that Hashimoto is going to establish herself as a AAAW champion. And then we're going to see Momono, Kalokura, and um, Takumi Iroha chase Chihiro Hashimoto for a while. And maybe eventually bring the title to Marvelous. And maybe just go back and forward between those two promotions. Uh, or maybe like in a year they can do another gayism show and redecide who keeps the titles, stuff like stuff like that. There's potential to to be done here. Um, you know, and I was still gonna be working with Marvelous anyway. And that was Gaya Gayism, decade of a quarter century from Marvelous and Sendai Girls. The other show that I watched this week was the second round of DDT's King of DDT 2021. This took place on the 20th uh, in Kroakan Hall. Uh, they had about 500 people in attendance. So kind of low if you think about it, but it is Kroakan Hall and it is still a pandemic. <laughs> if you don't want to believe it, the match, it's, the show itself was the, the he first half of the show was entertaining, but you can you could tell that I mean, they're just doing things. But once we got into the actual DDT, uh, the King of DDT matches, the the show, like the feel of the show changed completely. Uh, and it was quite, it was enjoyable. There were a couple of matches that I wasn't like so heavy excited about, but we'll get to them. Uh, so from the bottom or from the top, I guess, I don't know. Uh, the pre-show match was Hideki Okatani and Juki Onaja defeating Juki Ino and Juja Koroku. Good stuff, usual basic um, young boy stuff. The official opener of the show was a DDT Iron Heavy Metal Weight Championship Delayed Entry Battle Royal. Um, all of that. So it's pretty much like a battle royal for the Heavy, heavy Metal Weight Championship. The rule here, though, is that 
you actually have to pin or submit the champion in order to win the championship. Winning the match doesn't give you the championship. You have to def, uh, pin or submit the champion in order to pass it. And you can the championship can change hands several times throughout the, the match. And so the, the, the one thing that we need to mention prior to the match is that we saw a video of Matt Polly who had brought like secret tonics for every one of the participants in the battle royal not a lot of people took them but there were a couple who took them we didn't know what they did but that was going to be revealed later in the match so going into the match the champion of the heavy metal weight championship is uh shinya aoki he won the title not long ago really and so the first uh the first two people in are Aoki and Kazuki Hirata. And interestingly enough, Kazuki Hirata was the man that eliminated everyone in the match except the winner. Uh, the match started with him. Like the first eliminator was Aoki by pinfall by Hirata, but it was like with the help of Brooks and other people. So but it got him the title. So at this point, Hirata is the champion. Then we got like Brooks. We had Saki Akai, Toru Owashi, Makoto Ishii. You know, the usual the usual battle royal type of guys. And that's when Matt Pauly and Antonio Honda, a.k.a. Matt Anton, came out. And they're, they're both wearing the same Matt Pauly face paint. And that's when it revealed the tonic that Matt Pauly had brought made you turn you into a citizen of planet Pauline. And so uh, An Antonio Honda or Matt Anton is pretty much uh, like under Matt Pauly's control. And so they did some couple of spots. Uh, they obviously did the Gone the Fox spot and that led to Brooks, Akai, Owashi, and Oishi getting uh, eliminated by Hirata. But then it, it came down to Hirata, Poli, and Honda, and they all eliminated themselves together over the top rope. And it, since it was because of the top rope rule, and because technically Hirata eliminated Poli and Honda kind of like at the same time, the title stayed with Hirata's, with Hirata um, Kazuki. The thing is that it wasn't the end of the match because Yukio Sakaguchi came out. He was also wearing the face paint. And because there was no one else in the ring, he won by default. But he didn't win the title, unfortunately, because Hirata was already outside of the match. So it was like a weird thing. Uh, it served a purpose, but I mean, it was kind of weird. Uh, next up, we have Danshoku Dino defeating Yusuke Okada. Okada was um, accompanied by... Utami Hayashishita's father, <laughs> uh, because if you don't know Hayashishita's, I guess, history, her father, Kiyoshi Hayashishita, used to be in this show called Sukai Big Daddy. And so he's known as Big Daddy. And um, the story here was that in Big Daddy's restaurant, Dan Shokudino attacked him and put him in a bathroom and kind of took his place, something like that. And so he was serving penis-shaped uh, food in his restaurant instead. 
and so Yusuke Okada kind of like made the the save and kind of defending Hayashishita and so that's where you have Dino versus Okada the match itself was okay nothing special it kind of felt like a mid-card version of Akiyama and Dino because Okada is really similar to to Akiyama in the sense that he's he does the comedy thing but he's pretending to be like a legit wrestler and so yeah it kind of went like that uh the, the finish of the match was a spot where Dino tricked Okada into kissing and making out with Hayashishita. And then the distraction gave Dino the opening to do the Gato clutch for the win. Uh, so yeah, nothing special, but it was interesting to see uh, Kiyoshi Hayashishita in, in this in, in DDT and in this match particularly. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had a three-way tag team match Akito and Naomi Yoshimura versus Damnation and Nobuhiro Shinatani uh, Damnation the team of Nobuhiro Shinatani and Soma Takao versus the team of Sana Nakamina Shunma Katsumata and Juki Ueno um, Akito and Yoshimura won the match itself was it was good it was pretty good actually uh, but like nothing it felt like nothing was really happening um, it was nice to see Nobu back. It was the Joshimura and Weno had like a 22nd Nautilus reunion. So that was kind of exciting. They're like the, the people popped for that, but it didn't last long. They did a lot of Weno versus Takao. They did some Akito versus um, Shinatani. They did some Shinatani versus Katsumata. Like there was like a several combinations, but sometimes when you see these matches you can kind of tell like where they're going with certain things and this one i didn't really know uh akito got the win uh via submission over shinotani so i i guess akito is being still like kept strong maybe we, like, we could totally see akito versus akiyama at one point but there's not a lot of time left so we'll see where they go like akiyama at this point he's going to have the king of t ddt winner at peter pan so we have maybe like one or two defenses before that but not big defenses so and technically he owes matches to katsumata he owes a match to sasaki at this point and so maybe akito maybe uh i don't know if that's what he's being built or built to but yeah like the match was okay uh then we had a I mean, this lasted for less than a minute. Aoki got the title back from Hirata, the heavy metalweight championship. So it wasn't really a match, but it is worth mentioning. But anyway, now we go into the actual King of DDT second round matches. This is where it gets um, good. We had Kasusada Higuchi defeating Tetsuya Endo in on like around 12 minutes. Fantastic match. This was a, like... They built Hiuchi as a monster, and Endo was perfect for it. Um, they both looked fantastic. This was not my match of the night, but it was like the second for sure. Uh, because I don't know, like this two like worked perfectly together. Like they're a perfect combination, similar to what I was saying with uh, Momono and Hashimoto. Higuchi is just a monster, Endo is a speed demon, and they merge perfectly together. Um, Higuchi won with the brain claw slam and yeah it was like I, I'm not surprised I actually wasn't surprised by any of the wins tonight I think they I kind of expected them all and so and the 
continues to be outside of the title scene, unfortunately, but Higuchi advances. Next up, we had Konosuke Takeshita defeating Mao. This is the match that I felt like most underwhelmed for. Um, I just found it really underwhelming. Mao, Mao I, I kind of realized that he's a wrestler that doesn't have a switch that can make him serious. He's always the happy-go-lucky Mao showing off. And so in this match, we had a Takeshita who was serious about winning the tournament and going for the championship versus a Mao that was just not really showing that he cared that much. He was just kind of having fun. And so that really took me off of the match. Um, the action was fantastic, no doubt, but I just couldn't get into Mao. Or I, I couldn't get into the seriousness of the match because of Mao. That's uh, that's a better way to say it. The third match was Daisuke Sasaki defeating Yuna Kijama in, in under four minutes. And this one, I totally called it. Um, Sasaki won by double, like by two low blows and a roll-up on Akiyama after Matt Pauly interfered. It was It really seemed more like an angle to set up a future Sasaki Akiyama match. Um, and it didn't spoil the like Akiyama countering or doing much with the submissions of Sasaki. So that, that helps. It did, it did kind of tell us that Akiyama is better than Sasaki, but Sasaki will cheat to win and he can get the win. And so I thought that was successful, but Sasaki advances, uh, Akiyama's out. And in the main event of the night, the match that I considered the match of the night was Juji Hino defeating Harashima. And this was fucking fantastic. 25 minutes. Uh, it was kind of backwards in the rolls because we saw Harashima work Hino's leg and Hino was selling like a baby face. And he made a comeback like a baby face. And Harashima looked like the vicious guy who has control but then loses it. So it kind of like heel-ish. But... uh. Man, it was just fantastic. I've never seen Hino in this position working like from underneath and he was really good. Like like if this guy could be a baby face and sell seats for sure. Juji Hino, like he was fantastic. And no doubt, like if you ever doubted why people call Harashima the the ace of DDT or like compare him to Hiroshi Tanahashi, like this is a match that you need to watch because he was just like fucking fantastic, Harashima. Um, but yeah, like it was a combination of the two, you know. Uh, Hino, oh man, what can I say? Like he was selling so good and like he actually made me root for him. Uh, even though I know that he kind of has been the villain of DDT for the last couple of months because no one in Damnation has been as like as portrayed as a billing as much as Hino. Like Hino, like the whole thing with Ino and then Takeshita, like there's been so much. And so I, I it was kind of weird to see him coming as this heel, but then I don't know, kind of get behind him. And th th that's a, this is a match that I totally recommend you got out of your way to watch if you can. Uh, after you watch the gay SM main event, go watch this one. It was definitely fantastic. And after the match, uh, the drawing for the semifinals came up. So the semifinals are not actually bracketed. They are uh, by random pairings. So 
there's a box with four balls. The balls have colors, and so wrestler is gonna pick the colors, and the matching pairs are going to face the first two, were Sasaki and Takeshita, who got the blue ball, and so it's going to be Sasaki versus Takeshita and Hino versus Higuchi. Both sound fantastic. Higuchi versus Hino is going to be like a hoss fight. I can totally see either guy winning. On the other side, Sasaki Takeshita. I imagine Takeshita wins um, because Sasaki doesn't need to win. He already kind of earned a championship match anyway. So I, I'm guessing Takeshita wins, advances. And he could advance and go versus like Takeshita Higuchi is a match of two guys whose like stars and names have risen so hard in the last year. And so that is a totally credible um main event or in finals for the king of ddt but hino versus takeshita has been a pair up that we've been teased on many many occasions uh for the last couple of months in tag matches but we've never really had the 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 big time singles main events and this could be it it could be hino versus takeshita nonetheless i think like of the four left it it's going to be takeshita and he's going to be going after Akiyama at Peter Pan and that's when he potentially wins the championship and so I don't know booking seems to be spot on um but yeah that was the second round of DDT uh we have probably I think we have the the third round like in about a week and so we may be able to talk about that next week but that is it for Japan this week. Um, it was just two shows that I watched. I, I've I've seen some of the Kisuna Road in New Japan. Uh, it's been it's been fun. Like the the Young Lion stuff has been really really good. Like definitely worth watching. And some of the title matches have been enjoyable. I the the never open match the never open six way match was pretty fun. I I enjoy chaos right now as a champions i think they should keep the title for a long time uh even if the the bullet team the bullet club team wasn't as strong because it was evil and yuhiro and togo but it was still like a decent match um uh, next up is the the new japan dads so that should be really really fun uh, i i think that's gonna offer a lot a lot of good combinations between Nagata and, and Kojima versus either of Goto, Ishii, or Joshihashi. And so I'm looking forward to that one. So yeah, like, I mean, the Kasuna Roads are matches, are shows that are worth watching if you have the time. Um, there was uh, the Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling show where uh, Bishiki Goon, Neo Bishiki Goon, defeated uh, Yamashita and Maki Ito to defend the championships. And in that show, uh, Sakisama earned a title shot against Yamashita. And the trick here is that I don't think Yamashita has ever defeated Sakisama and Sakisama has never gone for the title. And so there is some intrigue there because it is, I mean, technically a one time, like a first time thing. And so that's going to be interesting. But yeah, that is it right now for Japan. I think there's going to be a couple of more news coming up. Uh, All Japan, uh, it's a clusterfuck, but I think they're going to make it. And yeah, so that is Japan. But now it is time for the impact forecast. Whoa, whoa, 
Impact Wrestling for June 24th. There is not much announced, but we do have four matches set for Thursday, and some of them look quite interesting. Uh, first up, we have a Impact Tag Team Championship match where Violent uh, by Design, the team of Joe Doring and Diener, will defend against Satoshi Kojima and Eddie Edwards. So we get more Doring versus Kojima, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> but I think it's pretty obvious that Kojima and Edwards are probably going to lose, so it's okay. Uh, next up, we also have Diana Parasa versus Susan. We have Kira Hogan versus Rosemary. And we have Rohi Raju and Mahabali Shira versus Petey Williams and Trey Miguel. So, uh, three of these competitors are going to be in the Ultimate X match at Slammiversary. That being Trey, Shira, I mean Shira, Trey, uh, Rohi, and Pete Williams. So that's the build up there. And that is it for Impact. Uh, there's, they're starting to build uh, Slammiversary. We already have Omega and Callahan. We have Moose and Saban, and we have the Ultimate X match. So I think uh, maybe between this week and next week, we're going to get a bunch of new matches. We're probably going to establish uh, Dion Parasso's direction and Bylan by the Signs' direction for the tag titles. So we'll see where that goes. And that is going to be it for this week's uh, WRPX episode. Uh, thank you for being here. As always, you can go to Spotify or iTunes or WRPX podcast to find every and each episode that we've done. Uh, you can go to DW Revolution on Twitter where you can find me and contact me. You can go to DWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find the written versions of all the shows that we talk about on this show. And finally, you can go to figure 4w online where i do the weekly impact live coverage every thursday night and that is it uh we'll see what else we have for next week but until then adios well that's about it son of a gun we've enjoyed it looking forward to next week i guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it but we'll be right back again for Corey macklin dave brown lance russell saying bye-bye everybody